In today's show, we're looking ahead to an absolutely monster 13-game Wednesday. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right. We've got 13 games on Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving. Of course, there is no games on Thursday, so they're packing them all in on Wednesday. Let's crack in and have a look at what we are watching for. The first game we're taking a crack at is the Suns and the Cavs. Devin Booker, the assists have been a bit up and down for him lately, and the field goal percentage has been a little bit rough. He's still performing at a higher level than he was last season for fantasy, but I'd like to see his uh, shot selection or his field goal percentage improve somewhat. And I also want to watch Mikael Bridges, who we know has been somewhat of a disappointment, but he's still a top 100 player. I still think that the defensive stats are going to come at, in a higher level. He's never going to have an opportunity, I don't think, to ramp up usage on this team, and that's fine. But I do think there is still improvement for him. So can we see something of that come in this game? That would be great. Well, for the Cavs, Darius Garland is listed as questionable with a neck injury. He's been getting a ton of shots and getting a lot of minutes with the absence of Colin Sexton and Evan Mobley. That will continue at least until Mobley returns, where there will be somewhat of a cut cut into his usage, but he's been awesome, so I want to watch him. Hopefully he plays. And then also Larry Markinen, who does have an opportunity here with Mobley out to take on a larger slice of the offense. And I thought he looked good in his first game back from COVID. So let's keep an eye on Larry, who is a must-roster player. Let's look now at the Hornets and the Magic, and we want to keep the Bridges themes going. I want to look at Miles Bridges, whose shooting percentages have been off lately, especially his free throw percentage. It has been way down. Um, I am expecting it to improve. Last game, it was rough from him from a field goal percentage perspective. He is a buy low guy because those numbers have dipped so much. I, I hope they come back here. And then also Kelly Ubre, who is still remarkably rostered in over 80% of leagues. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. He will occasionally have a big game, and then he'll have four or five turds in a row. He's useful if someone gets hurt, but no one's hurt. I like to see if there's anything here that I'm just misreading this situation or not, so see how he looks. And then for the Magic, Cole Anthony will be out, so will we get Roderick Hampton Jr. getting big minutes? Hampton needs to start. I don't think there's any question about that, but he won't because Gary Harris could be back, or otherwise I'll go with someone like Fox Mulder, but Hampton's the guy to pay attention to here. And then also Jalen Suggs, who, let's be honest, has been bad. Like, almost every game he's been bad. I'm really, I'm ready to drop. Could this be the one that, that seals the deal? Maybe. If he can't perform here again, I think that we look to add him later on when things start to turn around. But nothing has turned around in six weeks of action. This might be the uh, the end for Jalen Suggs. The Lakers and the Pacers. LeBron should be back. 
Well, not should be back. Well, actually, that's not true because LeBron will be suspended for Tuesday's game. Well, he's suspended for Tuesday's game, but he was already listed on the injury report as questionable with his abdominal issue. We assume he plays on Wednesday, but we don't know that for sure. But if LeBron plays, what does that mean for Taylor Horton Tucker? Can he have one good game with LeBron? Because he hasn't yet. All his good games have come without LeBron. So can he find a way to coexist alongside LeBron? And then Anthony Davis, who's playing at a really high level. Now, Davis is listed as questionable for Tuesday at the time of me recording this, so we don't know whether he's going to be actually playing or not. I assume that he will. But can he keep up this top five sort of run of play that Davis has been putting up? Well, for the Pacers, I expect Justin Holiday to start again instead of Chris Duarte. Holiday can be a 14-team league option with threes and steals. That's really about it. And then Timothy John McConnell, who I do not believe is a must-roster player. Simple as that. If Levert is out, if Brogdon is out, sure. But holding on to him to play 22 minutes and have six points with four assists, I don't believe is anywhere near worth it. In a weekly league, stash him, sure. Roto league, sure. Put him on the bench. But in a daily changes league, it's just hurting you too much. He's not as good as his numbers last year would indicate that he actually is an NBA player. He just is not that good. The Nets and the Celtics. I believe that LaMarcus Aldridge will be the team's starting center in this game. I believe that he's a must-roster player, and he has been for a while, but he could push to 30 minutes a night here, and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do. Also, with Joe Harris and Bruce Brown out, do we get more minutes for Cam Thomas, who know we know can score? Look, deeper leagues need to pay attention to that. Can Thomas keep himself in the rotation mix ahead of Javon Carter when Brown and when um, Harris return? That's the big question. But for now, I think he has that chance to do it. I think he's looked good in his role. Well, for the Celtics, I expect Marcus Smart to play. But he did leave last game with an um, undisclosed injury. We don't know what it was. And Jalen Brown is also going to be questionable for this game, returning from injury. So that's a little bit of a concern after he came back for one game. So just uh, pay attention to that. While Al Horford, we're seeing the production slip. Not a surprise at all. Let's see sort of where he settles in as a top 50 guy. Probably not. Top 80 guy, maybe. That's probably where he sits, I would imagine, uh, from here to the rest of the season. Guys, companies love scamming you. They just love it. Free trials, they just renew without your consent because they're trying to get that money out of you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks per year with Truebill because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link the accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and helps save them over 100 million bucks. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Thanksgiving, we are a couple of days away. You all know, I'm sure you're looking forward to it. You're going back home to your hometown hang out with your family, maybe you're hanging out with friends and you're having delicious food. Unfortunately, the dessert, which is often so fantastically scrumptious, but it's so high in calorie. So why don't you start something new for Thanksgiving this year? And instead of that high calorie slice of pie, have a low calorie Built Bar. You don't even have to have a slice. You can have the whole bar. Built Bar is 130 calories for most of the bars. 
low carb, low sugar, low fat, and high in protein. And guess what? They're covered in 100% real chocolate. So start that new Thanksgiving tradition and make Built Bar your dessert of choice. New flavors coming out all the time. We're going to have Black Friday deals as well. And you can get them for 15% off by using our promo code LOCKED15. So head to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and say 15% off Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Let's look at the next game. It is the Raptors and the Grizzlies. Kem Birch. I'm more intrigued to see what happens to Birch if OG Ananobi plays. Birch has put up some good defensive numbers. I do not believe that he is a 12-team league guy, so I wouldn't be holding on to him there. But do they move him to the bench? Do they move Barnes to the bench? Do they move Trent to the bench if they want to start traditionally big? That's going to be the question. And also to watch Scotty Barnes, who have seen efficiency start to drop a little bit. Usage definitely start to drop. And production just overall start to look more like a rookie than he did in those first 10 games or so. So keeping an eye on Barnes, his shot selection, his shot percentages, and his usage is going to be key here. For the Grizzlies... We know that De'Anthony Melton's going to be out, but can Desmond Bain coexist with Dylan Brooks? He's had two really good games with Brooks out. Can he put up another big game with Brooks there? I have my doubts, but I want to see how that uh, coexistion, coexistion, coexistence, that's the word, how that works together. Well, Brandon Clark, he'll have the occasional big game with big minutes, then goes back to 16 a night. I still think he's going to be playing that 16 to 18 minute a night role, but if Brooks is out, it does help Clark's. It means that Kyle Anderson has to play at the three, meaning there are more minutes for Clark at at the four and at the five, whereas previously he was getting most of his minutes basically just behind Stephen Adams. So, or yeah, next to Jaron Jackson as Jaron Jackson backs up Stephen Adams. So keep attention, keep keep paying attention to that because if we do have Brooks out, it does inadvertently help Brandon Clark. For the Pistons, Killian Hayes will be out. So Corey Joseph, we get another look at him as the starting point guard. Is he worth using? Maybe. He's not very good, but he doesn't have an opportunity there. I just wish they'd play Saban Lee more. And then also Trey Lyles with Isaiah Stewart suspended for Tuesday and for Wednesday's game. Lyles is going to have an opportunity. I don't know what it's going to look like on Tuesday's game. I know that Trey Lyles is horrendous, but are we going to see more minutes from him? And can he do anything to make me think that he deserves an NBA rotation spot? Spoiler, the answer to that is no. No matter what he does, I don't think he's an NBA rotation player. Well, for the Bucks, punch Bob. No Brook Lopez. So Bobby Portis is going off continually. I imagine against this Pistons team that might be fielding Luca Garza, he'll go off again. And then Pat Connaughton with no DiVincenzo, no Lopez. Connaughton is putting up great numbers. Really, really impressed with Connaughton. I don't know how it sticks, but I know that he's producing at the moment. On to the next game, which is the Wizards and the Pelicans. Kyle Kuzma, the shooting has been off from Kuzma, um, maybe because he's wearing jumpers that are too big for him. I don't know. The shooting is not good. I don't know what the hell happens when Hachimura returns. And I think Kuzma at this point is really a fringy 12-team league hold. You'd still want to roll with him. But if I could get any top 100 player back from a uh, Kuzma fanatic, I would do it. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, who was dreadful last game for Washington. I think we see some improvements, but it's just going to be like this for him. Ups and downs, fitting in next to Bradley Beal, missed games, low steals, low field goal, low free throw percentage at times as well. That's going to be a problem with him, so I'd like to see how that looks. Well, for the Pelicans, we don't know whether Devontae Graham's going to play, but I don't... Kids, cover your ears because I'm angry. Don't I don't give a fuck. Play Kyra Lewis. This is so frustrating that Lewis doesn't play and then doesn't start, even though he's outplayed Thomas Sadoransky. So I want to see Lewis... Will he get more minutes than Sadoransky? And will he be the backup if Graham plays? That's as simple. That's all I want to see. I'd also like to see Brandon Ingram hit some shots. That'd be great. Because he's not. He's been dreadful in terms of hitting shots. I think he's a gigantic buy low because he's not like a 36% shooter, which he's currently at or around that mark. He's much better. 
So I'd like to see some shots start to go in from Brando. On to the Jazz and the Oklahoma City Thunder. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Both Jordan Clarkson and Jinglin Joe Ingles have been impacted by Rudy Gay. There's just not enough shots on that second unit, and I don't think any of Clarkson, Gay, or Ingles are 12-team league guys with the way things are currently constructed. Well, on to the Thunder. I don't know whether Shea Gildas-Alexander is going to play, but I'm really interested in Josh Giddy. Three straight double-digit scoring games, yeah, putting up near triple-doubles, good defensive stats. The efficiency has improved over this last week as well. Really impressed with Giddy, who, again, I know people love me saying this, he's a must-roster player. Like, stop, stop mucking around. Go pick him up. And then also, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's starting either at center or power forward. His minutes are trending up. His production's trending up. He's a definite 14-team league guide to me. And I don't hate him as a 12-team league guide. On to the Chicago Bulls. Kobe White has looked pretty lost so far this season. Um, he had a nice little cameo, I guess, in the last game with some good scoring. I don't think he's got an opportunity to be a 12-team league guy, but how he looks with Alex Caruso or without Alex Caruso is what we're going to focus on. Caruso missed the last game and remains a must-roster guy. Is there any scenario that you can see where White starts to play so well that Caruso goes from a 32-minute guy to a 25-minute guy? I'd be pretty skeptical of that. I think Caruso's fit with the starters is really, really strong. And I don't think White's is particularly strong as another usage gunner type player next to Levine and DeRozan. But let's see whether there is any, indi- any indication that Donovan makes that mistake. On to the Rockets. Much like Jalen Suggs, like Jalen Green is getting real close to getting dropped. This might be it for him. I have higher faith in Green than Suggs, although Green's game can be more fantasy diverse. I just think that the minutes for Green are going to remain higher, whereas Suggs could hover in the 25-minute range when Fultz returns. So, and there's more equity invested in Green than there is in Suggs by the Rockets versus the Magic just by nature of their draft pick. But he's been shocking. I'd like to see him be better. At least not worst five players in the NBA level where he's been so far. And then also, speaking of worst five players in the NBA, Christian Wood's been bad. Some days he doesn't take shots. Most days he doesn't hit shots. He's uninvolved. He's not blocking shots. He's not hitting free throws. He's not a top 150 player. I'm not dropping him, but man, keep this up for another week and maybe I do. It's just been really, really poor. The Heat and the Timberwolves. PJ Tucker, I don't know whether he's going to play. He's dealing with an illness at the moment, but he's been playing at a really high level. And minutes are up. Markeith Morris has been out. And it's helping PJ become at least a 12-team streamer. And then also Kyle Lowry. I always want to watch what Kyle is doing because the field goal percentage does vary so much with him, but he is able to produce in multiple areas. It is a back-to-back. I wonder if they'll go easy on him. So that is something to watch. While for the Wolves, the Jared Vanderbilt starting experiments worked wonderfully. He's been great. The lineup uh, plus-minus for that uh, group is fantastic. His production's been great. He's at least a 12-team curiosity, a 14-team must and a 12-team maybe because of his defensive stats. But there's always going to be that game where he plays 20 minutes and McDaniels and Reed get more playing time. So that's be careful of that. Well, I also want to watch Goose, Anthony Edwards. The shooting numbers have not been good for him this season. He's getting a lot of usage and a lot of minutes, but efficiency is really holding him back. I think that might make him almost a buy-low player, but I'd like to see the shot selection and some of the shots start to go in for Anthony Edwards. The Hawks and the Spurs. The Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! Last couple of games have been impressive. 
Is he moving towards 12-team status? He's moving there slowly, but I don't think he's going to get there. I think he's more of a 14-team league ad with Hunter out, but watching his minutes compared to Reddish and Herder is going to be intriguing. Well, as for Reddish, I think he's more of a fringe 12-team league guy. Like, I'd have Herder ahead of him pretty clearly, and Reddish is quite inconsistent. So just watching to see how he goes. Well, for the San Antonio Spurs, um, I am watching Devin Vassell. The, uh, the the old petroleum jelly over here. Ah, it's not going to work. I don't like that nickname. I, I tried it. didn't work. That's fine. Devin Vassell, um, looking great. Must roster player. Is he going to take minutes off Dougie McDermott? And then also, we had an awakening from Maximum Derek White. Maximum Derek. Is that guaranteed to stick? God, no. But it's encouraging that the minutes went up, the usage went up, and the percentages were, went up as well. That's really encouraging. Let's see him do it two in a row now. That would be awesome if you could do that for us, Derek. I'll tell you what else is awesome. Thanksgiving. We all know what Thanksgiving means. It's football. And nothing more, nothing goes better within football than turkey and betting. And BetOnline has you covered for all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus by using our code LOCKEDON. It's not just football BetOnline has. Pro, college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino game. So don't wait. Take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals for Thanksgiving. Okay. The 76ers and the Warriors, the painter, Matisse Thibel, with the uncertainty of Seth Curry, Danny Green, Toby Harris, Thibel's in line to start, play 30 minutes, and rack up five combined steals and blocks. Like, that's just what he is. He's an elite option for those stats, and that makes him a 12-team league guy, even though he might score four points. Now, he had a big offensive game last time out. I don't know that I fully trust that, but watching how he looks, and if there is any elevation in his offensive game will be key. Also, Shake Milton. Milton um, is under 20 minutes a night most nights, but if everyone's out, he does become an interesting option. So watching what his role looks like, whether they're in, or whether those guys are in, or whether those guys are out. Well, for the Warriors, Andre Iguodala will miss again. So Otto Porter has another opportunity. Last game, he was pretty solid. Now, do I trust that? Of course I don't. But let's see if he can establish himself as a 24-minute-a-night guy versus a 17-minute-a-night player. Well, Jordan Poole's put together two really big games in a row. History would tell me he's probably going to stink in this one, but watching him, his shot selection, his minutes, importantly as well, um, is going to be key. Because if he can make, if he starts dropping to 26 a night, 27 a night, due to poor form, then it's not going to look good when Clay comes back. If he keeps playing 32 minutes a night and playing well, then his minutes won't suffer as dramatic a hit when Clay Thompson is back on the team. The Trailblazers and the Kings. Larry Nance, what does his role look like? Is he a must-roster player? He's at least a must-try guy. Like, see how it goes. But how they run the Nurkic and Nance and Covington and Nasir Little minutes is going to be interesting. Also, we watch CJ McCollum, who's been up and down. Hot start, cold streak, sort of plateauing a little bit now, handling the ball a little bit more after we tried more of that Anthony Simon stuff earlier. That seems to be going more the way of CJ recently. So I'd like to see um, how he looks as that point guard. And then on the Kings... Does Elvin Gentry, after all of his talk after that loss, say, oh, yeah, guys, they're mucking around. We're going to change things up if you're not playing hard. Does he actually change anything? And what does that mean? Does he go back to starting Mo Harkless like he did last game? Does Chemezi Metu come back in? Does Marvin Bagley start? Does Davion Mitchell start? Like, what mix-up is he going to do here? And then also Rashawn Holmes, who played like 28 minutes last game after getting poked in the eye. Will Gentry just say, you other blokes are shocking. Like, can I play Holmesy 34? I am massively... If he plays 34 minutes in this game, Rashawn Holmes, 
he will be a top 30 player. Um, so watching what his playing time looks like here is going to be really, really interesting. Now, because it is such a weird day with 13 games on, there's not many streaming options. But these three players that I've got here are all guys that I think can be, for Wednesday, top 120 contributors, meaning that you might want to consider adding them. And that is Corey Joseph, Cody Martin in Charlotte, and maybe Daniel Tice. But again, these are low upside players that I don't think you need to get too excited about. But they're guys that might be able to be added to have some value. In terms of deeper leagues, these guys are all rostered in under 10% of leagues. Corey Joseph, Campaign, KJ Martin, Otto Porter, George Hill, Brandon Clark, DeAndre Bembry, and Her Herbalife Jones. And they're all like top 160 players for tomorrow, so you might get some value there. And then in points leagues, these guys are all rostered in under 50% of formats, and you might be able to get top 120 numbers here again. Jared Vanderbilt, Patrick Beverly, don't know why they're still on the wire. Devin Vassell, um, the delicate dancer, Alperen Shangun. It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. Corey Joseph, Darius Baisley, Kevin Herter, Cody Martin, and Kevin Love. And that will do it for today's show, guys. Thank you for following this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Make sure you're checking out the Locked On Bets podcast as well. And whatever your favorite team is, we have shows. Maybe you want to hear more about Alperen Shangun. Check out Locked On Rockets with Jackson Gatlin. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, thumb it up, leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.